Welcome to the Lifetime at Work podcast, episode 20. My name is Greg Martin, and I am an entrepreneur based in Toronto, where I own and run a food business called Farmer Prepared Meals. But my career didn't start here. In my spare time, I record this podcast where I like to explore other people and their careers. I talk to people from all backgrounds to tell the real stories about their jobs and why they do them. For you, it's a chance to meet different people, and if I'm doing my job right, who knows? Their stories may inspire your life or your future career in some way. And in this episode, I'm talking about waste with a guy who's trying to change how we think about it. Let's play the intro music and begin. If you're a fan of the podcast, you can go to lifetimeatwork.com and follow the podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram. I am gregmartin.work. This episode is brought to you by Farmer Prepared Meals. It is the prepared meals company that I own and run. And we deliver meals fully cooked, made by real chefs, frozen across Ontario. We do a lot of different things, a lot of cool meals, and it's just a way that you don't have to cook and you just have something in the freezer that's really delicious and you can take it out when you need it. So check out farmr.ca to see what we're all about and see what we're doing. And you can use the promo code I know Greg to get a discount when you order. In the summer of 2019, our restaurant farmer was the first restaurant in Toronto to use a reusable takeout container. It was a simple system where we provided a container, we put your meal in it, we charge you deposit, you bring back the tray after you were done with it, really a piece of Tupperware that it was, and we would wash it and give it to the next person when they came for their meal. And it was a system where you could basically reduce your waste. And it it was a bit of a gimmick. I mean, I have to admit at the beginning, it was it was something that I just didn't know what it, whether it would work, but I, I figured, hey, it might get some some publicity and it, it may be a step in the right direction at the very least. And, and it was, it was kind of a, a, a success on a multiple fronts. I think since then there have been a ton of different ideas that people have come up with relating to reusable takeout containers as far as, you know, the city of Toronto goes. And we did, we got a, a good amount of press on it. It was, it was something that was, was just nice to see and nice to talk about. And along that path of trying to take the restaurant to an environmentally friendly place and do things a little bit better than maybe the status quo or the cheapest way to do things was. We also wanted to do some composting. It's incredibly rare, I think, in the restaurant industry for a lot of places anyways to compost. And so we began looking for someone to do it and stumbled upon the guest that we have here today, Shane Harker. He um, it, it, it was actually pretty challenging. There's a number of people that referred me to him. And after a while, eventually, I just said, okay, I got to call him and see what it's about. And so he's since then, you know, we started to work together. And he's interesting because he's kind of the go to guy, in a lot of ways on on waste and where, where what he specializes in is taking stuff away from you and that normally would probably go in the garbage or that would easily or most cheaply go in the garbage and not. And so that's what he is. I mean, Shane will tell you the story, but I wanted to give you a little bit of background because he started as a truck driver and worked his way through into the transportation industry and the waste industry. And sort of working there, he realized just how the system was working and how much waste there was, how much garbage was going to landfill. And it just, it started to sort of eat away at him, I think. And eventually 
what he talks about in the interview uh, that you'll hear soon is that he began experimenting with different ways to deal with the waste. And one way was with something he calls an anaerobic digester, which is really all you need to know for this. And he explains it a little bit, but it's it's a way to take garbage, use the gas that garbage creates when it breaks down and use it as power, use it to, to, to power something. So using it for good instead of just throwing something out. But there are a lot of different types of garbage companies out there. And, you know, most of them are just all about getting rid of it. <laughs> the, the, the big challenge here is, okay, I got garbage, take it away from me as cheaply as possible. Rethink Resource, the company that Chain runs, they, they think about it differently. They're all about telling you how it cannot go to landfill. And they send me these reports every month saying, okay, well, here's all of the waste that we didn't send to landfill. And that's what like their source of pride is. And it's very different just doing doing the waste industry and doing garbage in a very, very different way. And so... There's there's that and just the coolness of what he's doing, but then there's also just the challenge of of doing that. And that's probably the even more interesting part of this conversation, because to do this and to begin this company, it was a lot of sacrifices from Shane. He had to give up a lot of things in his life and his family and, and negotiate with his wife and just get to a point where he could feel confident enough and be able to go venture out and spend all this time trying to figure out this new business that really people don't do. They just <laughs> throw the garbage away and don't think about it. But he's trying to be the one to think about it and, and start a new way of, of doing this. So you'll hear this interview in two parts. The first part is, you know, talking about the beginning part of him starting the company. And then we we get into talking about the waste industry as well. But if you have any interest in this or just are a fan of kind of following that dream and, and hearing about how the story goes, I, I know you're going to really enjoy this conversation. So here it is with Shane Harker. Oh, well, Shane, welcome to the Lifetime at Work podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thank you uh, very much for having me, Greg. I really appreciate it. Great. Well, I think the best place to start is just going to be you giving a, a quick overview of who you are and and your company and I'll, I'll uh, we'll kind of go from there and get into it from from there uh, sure um, so so my background is is actually trucking and dad's a retired truck driver I drove truck and and you know still have my AZ license and and I got recruited into the waste business for a time probably about 13 years ago and and about four or four or five years ago, I started uh, Rethink. And, and what Rethink is, is, is you know, the company's called Rethink Resource. And we really collect waste in a different way. And, and that's why the name is Resource. Um, and, and we want to utilize waste as a resource. And we think about different ways to do that. That's, it, yeah, it's, it's an interesting industry because I don't know much about it. And I'm, I'm curious about sort of how you got you got in here and knew the things that you must need to know to kind of get into into it. So um, how did you kind of make the, the leap then in, in your career from being uh, basically a, a truck driver then to getting into the the waste industry? Well, so I've always been a sort of an entrepreneur at heart, you know, when I was, was I'm 45, but when I was 23, I started a company and, you know, I, I was always one of those employees that kind of thought I knew a better way, right? Yeah. Uh, those employees that employers hate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, and so, um, you know, when I was driving truck, it was actually a means. When I started driving truck, it was so that I could start this business on the side. And so I was driving truck and listening to audiobooks and and you know, and then kind of got back into the office side of things and climbed my way up. And 
then I was recruited to work for a big waste hauler. And that's, you know, when I learned about waste and, and truthfully at the time I was a bachelor in a basement apartment and I didn't even recycle. Um, I was, I was, I was like, Hey, it's just one bag of garbage, you know, and, and now it's like said 8 billion people. Right. And, and so, you know, I learned a lot about the waste industry and the impacts of, of waste in the world and the environment and specifically organic waste. And, you know, it really weighted on my shoulders. And, and then, you know, a couple of years later was, was married and had a kid and, and I'm looking at my son and I, I was, you know, gainfully employed, doing really well, had an awesome, um, an awesome job, an awesome boss. Like I had no reason to be unhappy, but something was missing. And, and that was sort of the pivot point is that, you know, I wanted to make an impact and I knew that there was a better way. I, I didn't necessarily know. I thought there was a better way to do some things and I could bring more value and solve problems. And so quit my job and, and started down, started down this road. So before we kind of get into some of the details, maybe talk sort of high level about sort of who your customer is and what you do for them now and, and, and describe the, the company that, uh, that, that you run now a, a little bit more. Sure. So, so we have, um, I mean, we, we'll collect or handle really any waste for anybody, but, but basically we're a B2B and, you know, we started out sort of boutique in the office type of thing, doing shredding and e-waste and, and food waste. And, and then we got into the restaurant space and, and, you know, heavily, heavily in the restaurant space, which, you know, was hit hard and still hit hard by COVID. Um, so then we kind of pivoted a little bit and, and, you know, we we got into the brewery space and we do a lot of work picking up brew grains and, and bringing them to feed cows. And we've actually recently ventured into the film space. Um, and so what I, I think one of the things that makes us stand out is how we collect stuff and we drive down costs, which brings more value is we have one truck that shows up to you know, a, a restaurant or many other places. And the one truck picks up waste, recycle, cardboard, organics, used cooking oil and vacuums the grease trap. So we, we have a unit, you know, and it's one company and one truck that does what two or three other companies and six trucks would do. And um, that's, you know, kind of the meat and potatoes. And, and there's other stuff, you know, we recycled an entire kitchen before and, and the, the value is you have one call or one email to make and we'll handle it. And, and we don't physically handle everything, but we, through our network, can broker that stuff. But we really take that off of anybody's plate. So they have that one point of contact. So it's it's really convenience. And, and interestingly enough, I often say it's great that we're environmentally friendly and we divert all this stuff, but if we don't provide good service and that one stop, I mean, that's, I think if you ask our customers, they'd say that's the real value to them. I mean, obviously they want to divert waste, but that's almost a, a secondary, which sounds weird when I say it, but. Yeah. So I guess to put it in a nutshell, and the way I think about it is, uh, and maybe the example, best example, maybe uh, to use our restaurant business, for instance. I mean, when we inherited, so <laughs> Farmer, the restaurant that, uh, that I own and run, we when we inherited it, it was a fish and chips place and they had a garbage contract and everything would go into this garbage bin that was in the back. And that was the contract that, that, that they had. And it was easy. It's the easiest thing to do, right? You just take everything, all the waste, whether it be customers in the kitchen, whatever, ends up in a big bin and you have a big garbage truck come and take it. And there is that then just gets dumped in a landfill. And what you are about is saying, okay, well, 
I don't want that all to go in, in the garbage per se. There's actually some good stuff there that can either be recycled or has value. And so your company basically says, let's separate it and, and find out the best use for it and provide a service really to, to the business to be able to make better use of their garbage. Is that, is that am I characterizing it pretty well or? Yeah, I think I would add to that, that uh, a couple of things just from a, like to help people understand a little bit, when you dump everything into one truck, it's more efficient. And there's these gigantic hydraulics inside that compact it. So, you know, it, it takes away the ability to separate stuff and find value in it, yeah. and use it when it's all basically mushed up. Right. And so, um, you know, so the way we collect it is different and it allows us to find that, that value and it's not as efficient, um, you know, but the savings is probably on the back end by not sending the stuff to the, the landfill. And so, yeah, I would, I would just add that to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for us, and I'll just throw this in there before I sort of take this conversation, a slightly different tangent, but for us as a, in the restaurant industry, I mean, composting is quite rare. I think like we, we didn't compost at the beginning by any means. And you know, all of our food would just go in the garbage and there reached a certain point where we said, Hey, this, this is kind of silly at our house. We can compost. Like, why can't we, shouldn't we not again, do the right thing. And figure out a better way to, to do this. But it was challenging, actually. We we struggled to find a company to do it at some kind of reasonable cost. And it wasn't even that, it's just finding someone to do it w- was challenging too. And so we didn't do it for a while until we sort of stumbled upon you. You had referred, we were referred by a few different people and we said, okay, we got to talk to Shane and eventually <laughs> we do it. And that's how, how you and I met. It, you know, there are, do seem to be industry headwinds and people more interested in sort of doing this. And that's, I guess that's what you're about really is, is trying to figure out, Hey, if, if you reach the point where you say this garbage should actually be find a better place, or we should be able to, to, to do more with this because we're consuming so much of it. Um, then, Hey, let's, let's find the place where this should go. And, and that was really, I think how, how, how we came about and, 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 and discovered you guys. Yeah. And so you know, the reason we were kind of cost effective in that scenario and, and in general with the restaurants, and it's such an important discussion because, especially with COVID, like restaurant margins are are thin. I know this. I mean, you know this better than I do. Um, but but it's such a huge customer base and I understand it. So it's like, how do we bring more value? And And traditionally, you would have a company come and have to pick up three carts as a minimum. But because we do it on one truck, we make a couple of dollars off the recycling, a couple of dollars off the cardboard couple dollars off the grease trap and the organics. We don't have to do that minimum. So that's one of the way, you know, the basis of the company is like, how do we do it more efficiently and drive down that cost to incentivize people to divert that organic waste? And if if I could just talk about the organic waste specifically yeah. for a second, the reason, and you and I have had this discussion in the past, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, we do it at home, but we don't do it here. Why don't we do it? What I would want people to know about that is the single biggest thing you can do with your traditional waste, like to make impact on the environment, is divert the organics. Because when they go to landfill, they break down in the landfill and they create methane gas, which is 25 or 26 times worse for the environment than what comes out of your tailpipe. And so, you know, what we do with it is we bring it to a digester currently. Uh, and it's the same process, but the gas is captured and used to create renewable energy. So it's, it's you know, there's twofold. One, you're 
you're not letting that gas get into the air via the landfill. And then two, you're capturing and making renewable energy with it. So I think it's important for people to understand why why we do that and why it's important uh, versus just a, hey, we do it at home, we should do it here type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I kind of want to ask you though, why, why you do this? Uh, it seems hard. It seems like there are big garbage companies out there that that do this. They fit, like we're talking about just massive amounts of garbage that a, a city goes through, that uh, a big business that goes through, all this sort of stuff. And I, I guess my overall just general question is, why did you s- decide to trudge along this path to try to and and honestly deal with small small amounts of garbage and and turn it into something better? Well, so it's interesting because uh, initially I didn't want to. I started rethinking it was going to be a brokerage. And the idea was, hey, you have garbage. We're going to introduce. I knew that I wanted to make an impact in the world, like like a positive impact. I didn't want to make money off of just throwing stuff in the landfill. So, um, hey, you've got garbage. We're going to introduce a recycling program. Organics was not on the agenda at all in the beginning. And, and the idea was, as a broker, I would have more buying power. Um, and so I would create some recycling, which is having a better impact on the environment. And, and you would end up spending the same or less. And I would make a couple of bucks and the world's a better place. and Everybody's happy. And then, you know, I'm a, I listen to people and I want to solve problems. Um, and as time went by, um, you know, I, I was asked different questions. And early on in the business, I had a customer that had a, a a pickup and the vendor couldn't do it. And the vendor's like, no, that's never going to happen. So next thing you know, I'm collecting, recycling and shredding in my Dodge journey. And and then it evolved from that. And each time there was a challenge or a problem or a, can we do it this way, we had to do it ourselves because it didn't make sense or we couldn't find a reliable vendor or something. And so it, it just organically grew into, you know, the first collection was just paper and recycling. So then we started collecting organics, then we started collecting e-waste. And and then you see there's opportunities like oil in the restaurant business, which is actually worth money. So, hey, we might as well get that. And it, it just grew. And, and I don't like to say no to people, right? Like you, yeah. <laughs> when you're in business, you solve a problem for somebody. And so I g- organically grew into this, uh, you know, I've been called the green guy or, you know, the garbage guy, but it's like, you're my guy. And, and, um, you know, it, it just kind of organically grew that way because I wanted to solve a problem and specifically how we got bigger in organics is, is because of the environmental impact. And I, I couldn't let it go aside without addressing it. So I, I guess, was there a decision then that you just wanted, cause you mentioned it at the beginning of the conversation that you wanted to do something yourself that you wanted to run your own business at some point what where did that kind of come from and was that a challenging uh discussion with considering your family and and just how what that would mean given that kind of what you're doing is it hasn't really been done like it's not like hey i'm gonna go start this this is restaurant hey there's lots of restaurants i'm gonna do this i'm gonna work at it here the hour you know what you're doing is actually very different i I think than what others do you're sort of driving around picking up garbage bring bringing it around transporting it trying to find a home for it etc and it's it's new right like it's a new thing was how how was that as a decision with your family and with you just deciding to 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 leave a steady job and and dive into this yeah, it's uh, so it's interesting how that came about. And, and, you know, we were like, I think a lot of people living in Toronto, you know, I, I was 
gainfully employed. We had a nice, a nice house and everything was going great. And the plan was my, my wife had a, like a big corporate job and, and, um, the plan was, you know, she was going to hopefully get another promotion. And then I was going to go down this road because I was unhappy with what I was doing. And again, I had no reason to be, had an awesome boss. I was successful at what I did, you know, um, but something was missing. But, but it was, it was the, um, it was the philosophy around it, right? About throwing you working for a garbage company and all that just going to landfill. Is this is this where it was and, no, and not no. so leading I, to? Or time I had I had worked I had been back in the transportation industry for four years, but okay. what what had happened was is I was I was approaching forty and I had a three year old son and I'm looking at him and then the time that I worked in the waste business. It, it weighed on me and I had learned about specifically anaerobic digestion back then. And that's where you take the organic waste and you make biogas from. It. And so in my head, I'm approaching 40. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? And, and so it was, it was, I want to do something different and I want to make an impact. And you, you know, what, what's very interesting is I wanted to go out on my own. And originally before rethink, I wanted to build anaerobic digesters. And so when I first, uh, left my job. Um, well, well, before that, my wife said, Hey, you probably want to go to like an incubator program. So I went to an incubator program while I was working to kind of get this business model thing figured out. And originally when I quit, I built an anaerobic digester in my garage. Um, and I'm not an engineer and, you know, I, I almost blew up my garage, kind of not really. It just sounds like a good story, but we sprung a leak and, and so, like, we sprung a leak and it could have been, like, not great because it's gas, right? Yeah. And um, and so, that was sort of nine months into after me leaving my job. And that's when Rethink started because it's like I had to make I had to make some money. And I'm like, man, I might have bit off more than I could chew. And, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of things that go into that when you're an entrepreneur about why you decide to stop that and do something else. But I, I think a key thing to, to add here is what got us there is... In that, just before that happened, in that year before, when I was having the discussion with my wife, the plan was she was going to hopefully get the next promotion and have that stable job so that I can go out and, and do it, you know, do this entrepreneurial thing and we can take the hit of me not having the, the, the pay. Um, and, you know, one day she, she, she was dealing with her current employer that was a vendor to her. And she came in and she's like, Hey, I want to go work with these guys. They're awesome. And I was like, well, that wasn't the plan. Like you got to have the security and, and like, that's important. You've got to keep that working, that career. And, and she's like, well, does one of us have to be unhappy all the time? And, and, you know, and, and I tell this story because I've learned so much from it, but at the time I was like, Hey, that was the plan. I've, I've been unhappy for two years. That was the plan. And I went to work the next day. <laughs> and again, I didn't have a reason to be unhappy. I was just missing something. And so, so I came home the next day and I was like, you know what, babe, let's not live life. Like, let's like go, go work for that, you know, that company. And, and she did. So in the same year, my wife went on to a new career in an agency uh, and I started down this journey and it was kind of crazy. And, and, you know, things got so crazy and so tight um, uh, financially, but we, we never look back and we talk about that all the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a bit crazy. You mentioned it before about reaching 40 um and and just how that midlife thing manifests itself some people i think the traditional movie thing is hey you you, you get a toupee or right or or, or buy a porsche or, or whatever it is but there's there's people now a lot and i'm i'm in the same boat who think hey like is this the right career am i doing the right things 
Like when I look back, I have kids, all this sorts of stuff. Like, what am I leaving and what am I doing? And it's interesting then that you get into garbage because, and, and, and waste because that's a big thing, right? It's like a, Hey, can I make an impact in this so that what I leave for my kids and what I leave is, is a, a world that is not as bad or not as polluted and all, you know, all those kind of hot button issues. And so you're actually tackling it though, too, which I think is, is kind of noble, but also very challenging because of just, you have to be a person that is trying to live a life and provide for your family. It, it, it is kind of a big, a big risk as well. Yeah. And it's, you know, so what's interesting is, is about that is there was a time early on where I'm, I'm feeding this digester and a, and a digester, you start it with cow manure. So I'm feeding this thing out back in my garage and it's, you know, cow manure has hay in it. And so we're trying to feed this thing. And my wife was coming back from a run and I've got like cow manure on me because the thing was kind of backed up and she's looking at me and she's like, you, you, so, so you left your, your job. <laughs> right? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, and it stunk. And I was like, yeah. And I'm loving every minute of it. And, and, you know, it was a long journey. But a lot, if you, if you, you know, follow or listen to like entrepreneurs and stuff, they'll say, Hey, you know, do something that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And it's not to say, Greg, that there hasn't been such challenging times. And I'm so thankful for my wife and so many people that have supported along this way, because, you know, I didn't pay myself for three years and, um, but it's, it's the passion. And that kind of goes back to that entrepreneurial thing, whatever it is. I mean, for me, it's waste, but it's waste because that was my knowledge and that's where I could make an impact. Right. And, you know, I, I worked in transport longer than I did in waste, but I'm not about, to, you know, Tesla's coming out with transport trucks that are electric. So that's where I would do, you know, that's what I would do there. But, but yeah. I had more knowledge and experience in waste. So it's like, how can I contribute? And, and, you know, interestingly enough, I, I'm, you know, I hope to make an impact. I think I am making an impact, but I hope to make a bigger impact. And so it's, it's, uh, that's, you know, that's what I'm chasing here. Right. And so, yeah. And, and, and sacrifice. Yeah. But it, it feels good. It feels good. So, okay. So let's get into how, how you do it and, and sort of the plan. So it's, there's one way of doing things and all yeah. the garbage from commercial from municipalities, et cetera, is going into an excessive amount is going to landfill. And there are stories also as well about recycling, not being able to get recycled properly and going into to landfill. Do you, do you want to talk a little bit about the garbage industry? I know this is a loaded question, but <laughs> I, I guess what's sort of happening out there? It's, and it's hard. It's really hard to grasp, I think, because we only as an individual see what we put out on the curb. For the most part, we don't even really think about the companies that are and all the all the waste that they produce and just the quantum of it and the number of people. And like you were saying, my being a bachelor in your one little bag of garbage, eh, it's not that much. But what's kind of happening in, in, a, in a high level on in terms of all the waste that we are producing? There's a um, uh, there's a you know, all the individuals in all these houses and there's all these businesses. How, how do you like think about that? So I want to sort of put the put the rest one thing. There's this sort of perception that no plastics are being recycled and and that everything is going not everything's going to landfill, but there's some questions about it. And so municipally, you know, there's collections. So at your house or in a building is is you know your house is curbside. A building is called multi-res, and if your municipality uh, collects it, then, then that is being handled properly for the most part. I'm, I'm sure there's some exceptions to the rule, but 
you know, your recycling goes to what's called a MRF, which is a material recovery facility, it gets sorted, and then, you know, cardboard and paper gets recycled, then plastic, and so on and so forth. The municipalities are pretty good at holding, uh, either they do it themselves, or they contract it, and they hold those folks accountable for that. So there's the this, you know, something like 9% of plastics, only 9% of plastics have been recycled. Um, so, so municipally, if you order stuff and buy stuff, it's, it's recycled. There's, there's some questions about what is actually recyclable. Um, and so that's, that's kind of another discussion, but on a commercial scale, you know, there's, there's companies that are, that are kind of saying they're doing stuff, but they're not. And and then part of it is where do you bring all of the stuff to do it? So, you know, my su- suggestion to, to anybody sort of in a, in any business is to, you know, learn about it and be responsible for it. Um, ask where the stuff's going, go for a tour of the place, um, you know, to make sure and understand and see where it's going and what's happening with it. You know, what's interesting is we were, we were speaking with a, a grocer recently and they said, Hey, we're having a lot of troubles recycling this plastic. And, you know, there's, there's companies in Ontario. Uh, we recycled uh, polyethylene, which is like the flexible foam at a place in Scarborough. And there's a, there's a company in Listowel, uh, uh, EFS Plastics, that, that buys a lot of plastics from MRFs. And so the opportunity is there. One of the biggest challenges is the financial uh, implications to that and, and the ease of it. So, um, yeah. yeah, what, what I would say is, is, you know, don't always just take it at face value that it's being done, ask and understand. And, and, you know, if you're interested, find out where it's going and even go like, it's good. It's good educational process to go through, um, because you can pretty much recycle so many things. Um, um, you know, it's just about how do you do it and how do you make it cost effective? And that is the nature of our business model is that by collecting so much stuff on one truck, uh, and it's not compacted, it, it makes it more easily to, or, or, or it makes it easier to divert and recycle. Right. And so what you're saying, municipalities do a pretty good job of recycling, but from a, from a corporate or for companies perspective, it's, it's kind of a mixed bet. There, there may be your, you know, your garbage or your waste may be going somewhere that is, that is okay. Getting recycled at, you know, on all that sort of stuff, but there, it may not be. Um, and, and, and we don't really as consumers or sometimes as businesses, don't necessarily pay attention to it, but there's definitely a trend, I think, towards more and more people and depending on the company saying, hey, I'm worried about this. This is part of my philosophy. I'm trying to create a brand, all this sort of stuff. And I I, I want to be responsible for where where this stuff's going. Yeah, and I think kind of key to that is, so my business is B2B, right? I, I don't sell yeah. to consumers. And so I think that if, if businesses are going through the steps to make sure that that's happening, that they, you know, we do a, a neat infographic um, that, that talks about, you know, the, the, how much is diverted and we're going to start to do more, like I'm doing a podcast here with you and, and, and we're going to start to do more social media and how do we help our customers tell their customers what they're doing. For instance, we do a lot of brewery grains. And so we figured out that if you drink 200 cans of beer, you'll feed a cow for a day. And, um, <laughs> So how do we make it relevant to the consumer? And I think the, the, you know, the, the key point to that is, is that there's a lot of confusion. So we're trying to educate to help people be less confused. But I think the consumer needs to ask, like, why would they order from, you know, I happen to know, Greg, that you at Farmer, you guys care a lot about the environment and you're taking steps. But, but 
how does the consumer know that? And the consumer should ask those questions to where they're spending their dollars, because that is what will really make the shift. I think, you know, COVID has, has brought environment to light and people are starting to ask more questions and they care about it. So it's like, how do you, how do you get from point A to point B is it's the communication is lost there. So it's asking questions and, and doing things like this to help people understand it better, I think is important. Yeah, it, it's traditionally one of those topics that you don't want to talk about, right? It, that it's, and with any waste, it's sort of like, okay, I'm going to, I'll do this with it. I'll put it in this bag. I'll do this, whatever. But once I do that, I don't really want to deal with it anymore. I want someone else to deal with it and go somewhere, right? That's just sort of been the the way we thought about it. And it's good now that people are starting to ask questions about, hey, where, where is this this going? And is it going to the right place? And there's how do you do that? Have you thought about how you educate people on it and 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 tell the story? Well, so uh, we, you know, I mean, I think it's awesome that you're doing this podcast. And so I think in some cases, people say, hey, if I had time, I would do this, right? So I think it's so cool as somebody who's following my dream in general, that, you know, I think it was your first podcast I listened to to talk about what this is. It's like something you always want to do, like everybody should go and do these things. And so as you do more, you learn more. And yeah. a couple of a couple of things about sort of recycling specifically and, and the bigger market. So, you know, this morning we're opening up some checks from some customers, and usually those are good, but then there's an envelope that has, you know, in order to make it more efficient, they have the windows on the envelopes. Yeah. So you don't have to like, so I have a customer that has an envelope without a window, but somebody has to handwrite. <laughs> the address on there. And so we're going to do, you know, I have somebody doing some research and stuff. So I'm like, okay, figure out how much a stamp costs 90 cents, figure all this stuff out. And let's do I don't know if we're going to do like a YouTube or something or put some social media out there to educate people on why you should move to electronic payments. Right. And, and we may investigate that and find out that that's not the best route. Um, you know, and, and so interesting what has, has come up is I don't know how we're going to educate people, but we got to figure out a way to get it out there. You know, plastics, uh, a big thing happened in, in the world is trying to stop taking plastics uh, from us and, and a lot of recyclables in 2018 or 19. And, and that's yeah. when it started to shift. But, you know, the, the issues that are going on down in Texas now is there's a problem with the supply chain of virgin plastics because of the oil industry down there is kind of shut down. And so now all of a sudden the price of recyclables has shot through the roof and, and to put things in contact. So, you know, a, a bale, um, how you, you recycle stuff is you bale it and then you sell it to a market and a bale of HDE plastic, which is like a, a pail or your laundry detergent bottles. It's a, it's a particular kind of plastic. Yeah. Um, you know, that would go for, somewhere about 150 bucks a ton historically for the last little while. Well, I've got somebody messaging me saying, Hey, not that I have that much. Cause I, I give it to plastic recyclers. Uh, but they're like, Hey, I'll give you $1,600 a ton for that stuff because of what's going on in Texas. So there's these variables <laughs> that happen that affect the market. And, and so it's, there's so many moving parts. And what I would say is, you know, how you make an impact is reduce. And it sounds kind of cheesy, I mean, in theory, what I'm trying to do is work my way out of the job, which, you know, I, I don't yeah. know if that'll ever happen. But if I if that did happen, I would feel good about it. I might, you know, I, I might have to figure out how I'm going to eat. But but the, the point is, is is reduce. You know, um, if you get a coffee cup, you know, some big coffee 
houses would tell you that those are recyclable and it's it's possible that you could recycle though but it's not probable and and it's it's very close to impossible it's very difficult and so do you use a reusable cup now covid changed things a lot yeah um so you know covid is a different thing altogether but we're going to come out of this and so you know, reduce at farmer, you guys uh, started with that, that uh, take back program, you know, and there's, there's companies that are popping up like that. And that's the first uh, step is, is to reduce first. And, and, you know, there's people that do like track your waste, keep all of your waste for a week, and then you'll get a bit of a picture and it'll have an impact on it. Because traditionally you just put it in a bag and put it at the curb and it goes away, but you got to hold yourself accountable first. Yeah. And to talk on on the on that point about what we were sort of doing at farmer and sort of where that came from it was this i think a revelation at some point where we realized just how many we were doing takeout we were doing more and more takeout and realized how many containers we were going through because i have to go buy you know we have to buy them and i see the invoices and you're like wow we're spending a lot on these containers like what's going on here right and and we're just one tiny place that isn't even focused on takeout (laughs) it's like when you think about all the restaurants out there all the tim hortons mcdonald's and just the amount of stuff that they go through and we said okay well you know what can we do and thinking through it we said okay well what if we just did a a container that people could bring back put a deposit on it and we would just wash it for them and it's a lot more work right? Like we have to wash it. We have to do, there's all these factors in there, but we figured, Hey, let's, let's try it and, and see, see how it works. See if people like it, see if, see if it can kind of catch on. And what's been interesting, like we were, I think we were the first Toronto restaurant to actually do it. It's, it's this thing where I, where I don't think anyone, it's not familiar. Like we don't know about it. It's, it's not something that we do, but if we can kind of get it going and we sort of see other people doing it, then it makes it less weird. And I think, you know, my best example is sort of the beer, the beer industry where that's a deposit program. It's embedded in the cost. You just don't even know it and you return your bottles and it's not weird because most people do it. And, you know, over 95% of the bottles do get returned and it, and it happens. And if you can kind of start a system there where again, it's not weird. I think I think you're onto something, but uh, at the same time, you you kind of got to start it. And even though it's shitty and you don't make much money doing it, and it's kind of a pain, and, and eventually, I think it has to become something that becomes viable. And I think that's that's the idea. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, I, I think, and and so I've talked to a couple of people that have sort of started up or we're, we're getting ready to start these businesses or pilots or something on this take back. And I give my time because I'm like, that is the answer. But, you know, you have to remember, I, I mean, I, I didn't pay myself for three years. It was because I would make a hundred bucks and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go and do this other thing. And it took me a long time to be like, Hey, you got to make money. And, and you yeah, know, my, man. my wife who was like carrying me for years is like, Hey, you know, we should start making some money someday. And, and, and so whenever I have conversations with folks, I'm like, what's the business model? How is it going to make sense? Because these containers cost money and logistics and all these other things. And I would, you know, love to support that aside from COVID. But we actually uh, started getting into the packaging business a little bit because even if we could figure out a way to make that system make perfect sense and make it economical and whatever, there's still going to be people that are like sort of one ways and and you know and need that takeout thing and and we had a 
early on, one of our early, uh, early on restaurant customers, if I can give a shout out to Noble Burgers on Kingston Road in, in Upper Beaches, yeah. they came to us and they looked at the diversion report and said, hey, we're only diverting 57% of our waste. And I said, well, you're a quick serve restaurant. All of your stuff is throwaways. And, and, and he was like, well, you're my, you're the green guy, figure it out. And so years later, I went to a composting conference and, and basically you can get any form of packaging as a compostable. And, and, you know, we, so I'll try and make this concise. We, we ended up composting the stuff. We did a pilot. They've switched since the compostables. Um, we did a pilot. We actually grew lettuce and tomatoes um, in the compost and we ate it on burgers. And we're going to put a video out with that. And so we've started that program. The challenge with that, even there's challenges with everything is that, you know, in the city of Toronto, the organic waste goes to a anaerobic digester, which is kind of like the start of my journey. Uh, and, and compostables don't work there. Right. So, so what I would say though, is that those would break down if you're not 100% a returnable like system would be the way to go once we get out of COVID. But if that's not practical, then compostables are the way to go. And I think municipalities need to, and they do this on the West coast, right? Both in Canada and the U S um, composting is far greater. Uh, uh, it's more prevalent. Um, and we need to get better at composting that stuff. Um, but, but the other thing that I would say, and I have this discussion with people, why do we use those is because if you use a compostable, the, the, the plastic that's in there is, is made from corn versus oil and it will break down even if it goes in a landfill, but that's better than taking oil out of the ground to make it. And, uh, and so we, we got into the packaging business to sort of complete that cycle. So we have like rethink packaging now. And rethink resource and we you know first some customers a few customers now we're growing the industry as we sell packaging we pick it up and we bring it to a facility actually all the way in belleville to compost it um because that's the only place we can do that until we we're working on other things and hopefully we'll <laughs> compensate ourselves soon yeah yeah no it's a cool idea it's like hey i'll sell you this package and then you know you use it and and then I'll take it back and 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 dispose it for you. And you kind of got a full cycle there. Could you could you use that same example in in say a coffee instance of a of a, of a like how do you um, yeah absolutely you do a compostable so, coffee cup that then gets recycled as well? One hundred percent. You can yeah. you can get those and not just you know rethink packaging. It's not a plug for that business. It's more this is for more for education. So absolutely, yeah. coffee cups. Uh, the challenge with the compostable plastic component is if you want clear to see through then it won't really stand up the heat but in a coffee cup case you put that lid on and they um they crystallize it somehow so it's not transparent anymore but you can get that compostable plastic coffee cup lid like you can get fully pretty much anything you can get anywhere you can get in a compostable yeah um and what i would say about that is is here's a you know the education piece to it is there, there's no law that says you can't take a soup cup. And this was an example we put on our Instagram. And it was one of those surveys. It's like, it's a soup soup bowl cup thing that has a green leaf on it. And the question was, is this recyclable, <laughs> recyclable garbage, or compostable? And the answer is garbage. It should be illegal to put a green leaf on something and make you think it's environmentally friendly, but there isn't. Right. And, and, you know, even in the takeout space, people know that styrofoam is bad. 
Um, and then they switch to these sort of like fiber fourfold boxes and people look at it and like, oh, that's fiber. It's, it's environmentally friendly, but it's lined in plastic. And because there's a lot of greenwashing out there and I'll stop talking now because I'll get excited. <laughs> I just get so angry about it. Yeah, no, no, I, I, it, it, it's crazy because there's so many different materials out there. There's so many, and, and it's hard to really know. I, I, I find my wife's very good at knowing a material and I'll, I'll ask her all the time, you know, Hey, can you recite, where does this go? Does it go in the green bin? Does it go? And it also, cause it changes by municipality as well. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and, and where it's going and all these things. And it can actually be very, very challenging, but it's one of those, um, if, if you spend the extra time to say like, what is this? How does this made? Um, where does this come from? Where can it go after? And you kind of get into that cycle. I mean, that information is available out there, right? Like if you start going on a YouTube rabbit hole of, you know, how is this made? What is this material? And how, how can it get uh, recycled? I mean, that it does actually get pretty interesting. Um, it's not, not something that I think people really are aspiring to do and is really as exciting as, as a TikTok video, but, but there is a lot there um, to, to, to learn about. And I think by, by doing that, you kind of get a better understanding of, of, Hey, where's, where's stuff going? But me as a, as a, as a business owner myself too, I, I think, you know, at, at a certain point it comes on us, I think as well to, um, to come up with solutions for people and say, and even if it's option A or option B, this is the more environmental one. Um, you know, do, do, are you willing to pay a little bit extra for it? Um, or in other cases, just doing it for them and saying like, Hey, this is going to, this product may be, sure. It may be a little bit more expensive, but it, you know, here's why it's better. Um, and, and, you know, here's the environmental impact. I think, um, um, you know, uh, to, to really, because consumers will drive it. And I think, yes, businesses need to discuss it and businesses need to create those things, but it's so tough. Uh, you know, like my heart goes out to the folks in the restaurant space. Listen, we got to make money to survive. Right. And, and yeah. it's, it, as it stands right now, it's more expensive to use the compostable packaging, but if consumers drive it and it's more so, eventually it'll come to a point where it's more common and it will then be less expensive than using a petroleum-based product, you know, but it's, it's the consumers that'll drive it. And they need to ask the questions. Um, and, and I guess say the flip side here, and this is a, a slightly more careers focused podcast. And, and I think a lot of people are either, you know, they may be entrepreneurs, but they also oftentimes may work for a company. What what could like the average person do working for a company to understand sort of what what they do for for the waste? That, that's because I also think that um, as, as we think about say um, tech firms, brands, who you're going to work for, a lot of people identify with that, and they they work for a company because they believe in it for for a lot of reasons, and and that has been part of branding of companies. It's not just from a consumer perspective; it's also for employees. What do you think? So say you work for a company where I'm going with this, say you work for a company and you want to uh, hold them accountable or you want to push them on on what they do with the waste that the company generates. Uh, how, how, how do you do that? Like, what, what would you do? What would you, how, how would you go kind of go about figuring that out or, or, or auditing your own company or at least asking the question? Yeah. So I think it's, um, it's interesting because I get, I get calls or we get, you know, people reach out to the website and they're like, Hey, and it, it's people that are, you know, not the decision makers or not, you know, they're, they're an administration person or in the film business. I had somebody yeah, yeah. in the paint department who's like, you know, been in the business for such a long time. And, and she's so passionate about, you know, the impact and she's like, Hey, can we work on this? 
And so a lot of times I connect with those people. So I, I think it would be, you know, it's good to ask questions. I'm happy to talk to anybody about this stuff uh, because I learn, especially in new industries, I learn as we go. Um, and a lot of times that, that doesn't turn into business, but I've learned along the way. And so I, I think it starts with asking the question, but also you have to be reasonable about it. And, and so, so businesses need to make money. And that's important if you're an employee in your career is that the business needs to make money and how do you make it make sense? So um, I would say we talked about checks and envelopes earlier this morning. Well, there's technology out there that'll allow you to go paperless. And in fact, one thing I'm very proud to say is that Rethink is a paperless company. Uh, we do not own a printer because if you don't own a printer, so how do you like, how do you set the structure? How do you set the stage? So, you know, and, and actually here's an opportunity because a lot of people had to figure out how to do business paperlessly because of COVID. So it's taught us a lot. So when we start going back to the offices or to the workplaces and stuff like that, we figured out a way to do it without paper. So how do we, how do we accelerate that? But I would say, ask the questions. And the other thing I would say is that if it goes in the bin, start with, so where does that bin go? You might be in a building that, you know, the, the landlord handles the waste. Yeah. So, so go downstairs and you'll find in some buildings there's a blue bin and a green bin and a, and a whatever, but you go downstairs and it's all going into one bin. So, so sort of follow the trail the same way I've said from a business perspective. And, you know, from, from, I think a lot of business leaders would want to be environmentally friendly. And what I talk to all my customers about is say, Hey, you're busy running your business, find somebody who really cares about this stuff on the ground level and, and create a green team, you know, and depending on the size of the business, but somebody who's interested in it, yeah. start to ask questions to get educated. So I, I don't know that I can give you a specific example, but start to ask questions and reach out to us. And we'd be happy to have a discussion because it's questioning that's going to, that's going, questioning is going to lead us to learning, which will lead us to answers. Yeah. I like that answer of, of just think about where it goes after, right? Like you, you throw it in, in the garbage okay it's not that hard to track where, where it goes after um yeah. whether it be in you know in your building or hey who's the company that because a lot of times too you can see hey okay it's 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 being collected and then it goes in this bin which is which is downstairs somewhere or in the parking garage or wherever it might be okay well like what what's the, what does it say on there and what's what's happening with it and you can kind of go go, go there but um yeah no and and then also too the the same thing there there are people who are interested in it not everyone the vast majority of people don't don't care at all but um there are a few people that i think are are starting to do that and if you begin there and say hey w w you know would you like to research this or would you like to figure out if, if there's a better way to do this or this um it it does get you along the track and then once you kind of do the research you can then say hey this is this is this is this is a little bit more expensive but it's not crazy and it is you know the right thing to do so maybe we should think about how to do it and sometimes people sometimes it takes a while to come around to it and and <laughs> really say okay we're going to do this and uh, like us using our organics or, and, and composting is an is a good example like we didn't we didn't do it right away we said okay well like can we justify this but over you know you spent a few months not doing it and realizing how much more you're throwing out in the garbage and like all right I can't, we, we got to do this okay let's let's figure out a way to, to do it and eventually we we, we signed up and did it. so <laughs> it's yeah. kind of that ending this i i would say it, it, just leave it out there but if, if there's any People want to learn more, or if they want uh, advice on doing something like you're doing and, and venturing out and do things a different, better way. Um, you know, what advice would you have for someone who's who's there? They are, you know, in their 30s, they're reaching 40, and they want to go and 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 they're thinking about doing something different, but they don't know what. What would you say to them? 
I would say, you know, try it out, try it out and like do it. I, I would say that I'm fortunate that my wife was gainfully employed and, and that, you know, um, she could pay the bills while I was figuring this thing out. And, and I think that, that, you know, we're, we're lucky in that regard, but also we took a risk because my wife started a new job and, you know, figure out how to do it and, and try it. And, and maybe you want to sort of dip your toe in the water and do something on the weekend. But the flip side of that, I would say, I spoke to an entrepreneur recently who was like, oh, I have a full-time job and I started this thing and I'm also a real estate agent. And I was like, you know, if you really want to do one thing, I get that you might need to work, but, but don't do three things. Right. So yeah. spend time doing that. And maybe you want to be a podcaster. Maybe you want to be like, whatever it is, do it. Just don't do too many things because, you know, at the same time where I've really struggled uh, and this isn't an entrepreneur thing, this is a work thing. Like you, you know, you still got to be a good husband, you know, or wife, or you still got to be a good parent. And and those things are important and don't lose, like, don't lose sight of that stuff. Right. But, but do it, just do it. Like don't, don't fart around, just go and do it and try something. Yeah. What I tell people too is, is it doesn't mean that you have to live. Like I think a lot of people you know, I, I left my old career in finance to get into the food industry. And it's not like it's impossible for me to go back. I, I think I'm well qualified. And I, I, do you feel like you'd be well qualified to get back into the transportation industry if you wanted to? Oh, yeah, I, I still get emails <laughs> from recruiters and stuff like that. And, and the other thing is, like, when you go out on your own, you venture out on your own, like you learn, uh, like in business, I manage P&Ls. Managing yeah. cash flow is very different. And so, yeah, I think you become more qualified, whatever you do, because you learn different less lessons and your perspective on things changes. Like I, you know, I have a, I have a big ego and it, it's smaller now because being an entrepreneur has humbled me. And yeah. so I would certainly be better, you know, if I went back in the industry, because I'm, I'm a more humble person because of so many great people that have influenced me along this journey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If people want to follow you, learn more about it um, and, and kind of follow your story. It sounds like uh, actually at the SCA, your Instagram is probably the best place to sort of follow you and then, uh, and then uh, give the, uh, the website address. Uh, yeah. So the website address is rethink resource. There's no S on the end. A lot of people think it's rethink resources. It's rethink resource.ca. And the Instagram is rethink R I N C. Uh, so rethink rank. And, you know, we're, we're trying to put more content and stuff out there and share what we're doing. And, and eventually there's going to be a rethink farm. So follow us and stay tuned for that. We're going to be doing some crazy stuff. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's, I, 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 I will give you that. You do come up with some interesting ideas of new, new things. And I, and it's, it makes it interesting to even follow you just as a business um, because they're like, Oh, geez, he's doing that now too. Because uh, you know, to your credit too, you've, you've sort of, done a bunch of different, uh, I guess, focus on a bunch of industries, which means different problems, right? You have different challenges because of the amount of waste that, you know, one industry may produce versus another is totally, totally different. So um, it does, does make it interesting. So um, yeah, I, I, I would, I would recommend people if they're interested to follow you for sure. And um, yeah, it was great. Great. Having the conversation. I will link to this on my website as too on the, uh, on the episode notes. And uh, other than that, I appreciate you joining. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Greg, thank you so much for having me. Um, and, and congratulations to you for doing this. Like it's like I kind of said, like just go and do something, right? And uh, I appreciate you um, being interested in what we do and, and for, for allowing me to contribute here. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for joining me on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Maybe learned a few things. Definitely follow 
rethink resource I'll, I'll link to it on the website if you want to follow it and just eh, have little pieces of information on instagram or something like that where you can learn something here and there why not right um it was funny at the end too how you said don't do too many things with your career that was his piece of advice i feel like i might be doing too many things but never mind that anyways really appreciate you joining i'll have a more podcast for you next week thank you so much for listening and until then don't worry be happy <laughs>